Welcome to the OG Livewire, the GOAT District's waiver wire show. I'm excited to be here. We got an important week three, and uh, we're going to try to help you win your week. District, you know the Pope listens. Dynasty, our religion, for the blokes missing on all of these trades, on all of these plays, on all of these grades. By the end of the day, y'all getting played. So, what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex. Send the homie a text. That trash offers the best. You try to make it complex. Then they text you back. Now all of a sudden, they don't make any sense. <laughs> Broaden your horizons, boy. Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy. These trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be traded. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Bait them. Fish. So welcome back, everyone. Um, we're here. This is our second time doing this. I hope you enjoyed last night's Monday Night Football doubleheader. Um, that was it was incredible uh, to have both of those games back to back in a reasonable time starting, especially for those of us on the East Coast was uh, very cool to see. Uh, in terms of the GOAT district uh, teams, you know, just a quick roundup, um, our NFFC super team that Dan Williamson, Andrew Schellenberg, and I share uh, is rolling. Um, we, we're looking very good. We're, we're in the top two in that league. Um, and we've had uh, Chris Olave and Garrett, um, Garrett Wilson both emerge this week, which was very nice. Um, Dan sends a uh, text message to Andrew and I today that we're going to have some difficult uh, lineup decisions. You, you like having difficult lineup decisions in a good way. So that team's looking very good. Uh, and in terms of our FFPC varsity team that we share, that team uh, had a very nice scoring week. Uh, we dropped from one to two behind uh, Chad Schroeder. Um, he's you know gonna has a very nice team, and he put up a huge number this week to to jump above us. But uh, that team's looking good as well. Uh, so it's really nice to get off to a good start, a nice quick start uh, in these leagues. That team has Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill, which was really really fun to do at the same time, and it's working out quite well. Uh, we also have uh, our FFPC main event team uh, that JD, Andrew, uh, and Dan and myself share, the GOAT District team. And that team uh, dropped to 0-2, but we have a lot of firepower. I think we can turn that thing around. Uh, we've been a little bit unfortunate both weeks, very, very close uh, losses. And the team's just not like, you know, falling apart. It's just uh, it, it needs to do a little bit better. So so it's nice to get off those quick starts. Shout out to Noah Riddell. Um I had a massive lead over Noah last night in our Hardway Football uh, Guys League that uh, we have a B-Bag Batoba in, uh, Dan's in that league, Austin Martin's in that league, Dwayne McFarland's in that league, Darren Armani Fantasy Mojo's in that league. It's just a loaded league. I had a huge lead, um, and Noah was able to come back behind Stefan Diggs, who looks like just a, a league winner right now. So that uh, that was uh, that was a tough one, but... 
Uh, shout out to Noah. Um, you deserve that one. That was a that was a uh, big time, big time performance. Um, and then in terms of dynasties, it's kind of all over the place. We've had a weird start to the season in terms of running back scoring versus wide receiver scoring. It seems like it's the year of the wide receiver. Uh, thankfully, I went wide receiver heavy in, in multiple formats. Uh, however, some of these running back teams, uh, I think we'll be able to turn it around a little bit. Uh, we've just got to keep grinding, and that's why we're here doing this waiver wire show. Uh, so it's a it's a little bit of a weird week. I think last week we had um, a more impactful waiver wire. We had uh, Curtis Samuel was a, a massive hit. He looks like he's a wide receiver two level player. Um, we recommended you go out and get him. I mean, it was pretty obvious. You don't need me to tell you to go get Curtis Samuel after his week one. But it was reassuring to see uh, how he did in week two. That Washington offense remained very pass-heavy. Now they have the Carson Wentz revenge game uh, in week three against Philadelphia, a much tougher uh, defensive opponent than Jacksonville or Detroit. But I think they're going to have to keep the pedal to the metal. The game's in Washington. Uh, and I think that you keep starting Samuel if you got him. Uh, I think he's an every-week starter, to be honest. Uh, let's take a look at the comments. Shout-out to uh, shout out to JD. Uh, appreciate that, my man. Um, we have a big, big show tonight. This is our first uh, high-stakes roundtable of the entire season. Uh, we have two guests tonight. If you play NFFC or if you, you play high-stakes in general, you know Michael Edelman uh, and Matt Modica. They've each been on the GOAT District before separately. We have them both um, on tonight. We're going to answer a couple of uh, kind of moving forward type questions. We're going to re-rank the top five of each position uh, it's going to be a very, very helpful show for you, uh, whether you play high stakes or not. Those guys are two of the biggest winners around. Um, I'd say Michael Edelman is, you know, as good a drafter as you're going to find. Um, Matt Modica is extremely successful in both baseball and football fantasy. He's just an extremely sharp guy. Always enjoy his opinions. Uh, so just getting back to last week, uh, Jeff Wilson looked good. Uh, Tyrion Davis-Price saw a big, a big amount of carries. Uh, Jordan Mason, people bet on a little bit to uh, to be the potentially number two back there, but it was Tyrion Davis Price who who saw you know pretty much all the work um, besides you know Wilson. Tyrion Davis Price goes down with an injury. It looks like he's going to miss maybe six weeks of the year now. Now you've got a decision to make. If you're looking to add a 49ers running back, you can go with Jordan Mason who's going to be available still in a lot of leagues. I know he's available in some of mine. Um, a lot of the 20-man high-stakes leagues, you know, FFWC, FFPC, NFFC, he's been picked up. But I would just check your league because uh, he's going to have an opportunity. And then Marlon Mack, the veteran, is just sitting there on the practice squad. He hasn't been there long. But if they're worried about Jordan Mason, you could see potentially Marlon Mack. Um, it's interesting. It's an interesting situation in San Francisco now. Uh, you've got Jimmy Garoppolo coming back as quarterback. They'll be a little bit more pass heavy, but I think that you still want to, you'll still see the running game um, being featured in a Kyle Shanahan offense. Uh, so basically getting to this week's uh, additions, we'll start at the quarterback spot and we'll stick with Garoppolo. Trey Lance suffered a devastating uh, injury. He's done for the year. There could have been a replacement during the year, regardless of the injury. Um, Lance has not looked Great. I'm interested to see how his future goes. I have had high high expectations for him this year. I have a FFPC main event team, 
with Andrew Schellenberg and the guilds that we drafted together, and Lance was our starting QB. We have Trevor Lawrence in the backup spot, but it's going to be uh, it's going to be a difficult go. Uh, that team was kind of relying on Lance. I think we took him in the eighth round. Uh, but Garoppolo is interesting. Uh, he's finished as QB 18 last season. And in 2019, he finished as QB 14. He's somewhere um, in the middle of a high-end QB 2 and a, and a middle, middle-range QB 2. I don't think he's a back-end Q, QB 2 just based on the weapons he has. Debo Samuel uh, should get more looks in the passing game. Brandon Ayuk is sort of unlocked. Ayuk uh, could see great success. And then, of course, we have George Kittle potentially coming back whenever he's ready. So the weapons are there for Jimmy to finish again in his QB2 range. If you were in a desperation, I, I think you could add him. Uh, if you're in a super flex league, you know, be happy if you have him um, and consider, you know, being aggressive getting him this week. Just know your expectations. He offers little to no rushing upside. Uh, he would be a guy that I would consider, though, because uh, we have Dak Prescott out, and now we have Trey Lance done for the season. Jared Goff enters our waiver wire show. It's it's kind of it's kind of crazy. We keep talking about these these quarterbacks that we never thought we'd talk about, but Goff had four passing touchdowns for the first time since 2018 this past week. Amon Ross St. Brown looks like an absolute alpha wide receiver one. He could be the league winner. Um, when we talk about guys that are most impactful uh, based on their ADP in terms of win rates, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown has to be up there right now. You were getting him in the fourth, sometimes the fifth round, uh, and he's producing like a top you know, six wide receiver. The offense is really kind of based around him, and DeAndre Swift has been extremely efficient. Both of those guys are at the top five of their positions, uh, and Goff is kind of steering the ship. Detroit has scored 35 and 36 points to open up the year, and they've scored 29 or more points in five of their last six games dating back to last season. They have a massive game against Minnesota this week. Um, Goff is, again, like Garoppolo in a sense that he's not going to offer you any rushing upside. He's a floor play. Understand what you're getting, but he's going to put up some nice stat lines based on the players around him. And I'm super interested to see how Jamison Williams fits in. When Williams, when uh, Jamison Williams comes back, that offense could just go absolutely nuclear. They have uh, Josh Reynolds, they have DJ Shark, they have TJ Hawkinson. Um, Jamal Williams is is a fine player, so they have you know pieces. But Jamison Williams is dynamic and electric, um, and when you put him out there with Amon Ross St. Brown and DeAndre Swift with that offensive line, that could be a really fun offense down the stretch. And then the third quarterback uh, is Marcus Mariota. We talked about him last week. Arthur Smith might be an idiot. I, I I think I'm saying that because I have a lot of Kyle Pitts, but Arthur Smith's, Smith had this huge reputation in, in Tennessee. Um, he gets a head coaching job in Atlanta based on how he did with the Tennessee offense. I think a lot of that has to do with they they ran the big dog and Derrick Henry was, you know, as efficient a runner as, as you know, we've seen the last few years. And I think Smith kind of, you know, rode his coattails to a head coaching job. Last week we saw Mariota be – he was okay. Um, he had Drake London emerge, which was nice to see. They still didn't feature Kyle Pitts, and they didn't have Mariota have as many design rushing attempts as you saw in week one. Mariota rushed for 70 yards in week one, and, and he was pretty much non-existent this week. It's he's, 
he's again, he's an interesting play because I think he has a rushing floor. If he doesn't do it again this week, then then week one might be the exception. But I think he'll bounce back rushing wise. Again, we talked about how Ryan Tannehill had success um, in an Arthur Smith offense, and I think Mariota could could be looked at like that. So Garoppolo, Goff, and Mariota, those are the QBs uh, that I would recommend. There's some guys that might be available to you in your league that would be ahead of those guys, but we're strictly looking at players that are available in 25%, uh, rostered in 25% um, or less Yahoo leagues, and all three of those guys fit the bill. Running back-wise, James Conner looks like he avoided a major injury, but his status for this week is up in the air. So we're going to look at Darrell Williams, and we're going to look at Eno Benjamin. Darrell Williams, week one, was non-existent. He only played special teams. But this past week, he saw a big uptick in usage. Uh, He rushed eight times for 59 yards, and he caught two passes. He also played on third downs when Eno did not, um, which was a little surprising to me. So Darrell Williams, I think is, is we need to kind of adjust what, what our expectations were. And even though for a few weeks, it looked like, Eno Benjamin was the, was the backup. I think that it's, it's pretty much a split and Darrell Williams is going to see those goal line touches, the short down and distance role. Um, so if I had to, if I had both available in my league and I could pick one, it's probably Darrell Williams. With how running back needy people are right now, I think you could see some big bids on Darrell, which I would not recommend. First off, I think it's Connor uh, is going to be back. And second off, with a week to prepare for the Los Angeles Rams, I'm not sure that the usage will be what we saw this past weekend against Las Vegas. Eno Benjamin will be less expensive. Uh, He's caught six balls over the first two games of the season. He's also had 12 rushing attempts. He had eight rushing attempts this past game. I I wonder what the usage will be like, but if you tell me that I could get, let's say, Eno Benjamin for $5, or fab, 5% fab, or Darrell Williams for 15% fab, I'm going to take Eno Benjamin as the cheaper addition James Conner has struggled with injuries over his career. I don't think this is the one that does it. But once you start missing time, uh, this could be something we we see Conner struggle with all year long. So I recommend putting bids in for both. But don't go overspending. If you can get Darrell Williams for cheap, that's great. But if not, uh, I, I'm fine with you grabbing Eno. Um, again, we talked about the San Francisco options. Marlon Mack, Jordan Mason. Jordan Mason is the young undrafted free agent. Uh, he's definitely got more juice. Marlon Mack was cut this year from the Texans. It's it's kind of hopeful to even say Marlon Mack, but again, Jeff Wilson's played the most games he's ever played in a year in his career was 12. Um, and you know, he's not gonna be a guy who can be a bell cow for for the entire season. I think that there's gonna be a time where you see another back mixed in. Uh, and you know, again, I would I would lean towards Mason but a dollar bid on, on Marlon Mack just to see what happens. That might might pay off. Uh, the back that I'm most intrigued with this week is Tyler Algier. Algier did not play week one. It was Damian Williams. Damian Williams got sent to the IR, and Algier stepped into a, a pretty nice-sized role. He had 10 carries. He only ran for 30 yards is the downside, but he had 10 carries. 
he was not targeted in the passing game, but they also didn't target Cordero Patterson. Algier was an extremely efficient running back at BYU. He has played both sides of the ball. He's a very tough player. He caught over 40 passes at BYU, and I think he's got the capability of doing so. And I'm interested to see what his role becomes in week two. We'll kind of give him a mulligan efficiency-wise. I don't think he's a terrible player. I don't think he played well, and he certainly wasn't efficient. But he's a guy that appeared on a lot of, like, you know, zero RB lists, uh, late-round RB lists. There's some very sharp players who were on Algier. We saw him have a two-touchdown game in the preseason. Um, So I think there's something there. I would consider adding Algier and see where it's going. Uh, Cordero Patterson's never had more than the 153 carries he had last year. Again, you can say he never really played running back extensively until last year. But he's never been able to handle more than 153 carries. He's 31 years old, and I don't know which way this team is going. I think at some point they might just hand it over to Algier, um, and he might end up getting a, let's call it a 15-touch-a-game guy uh, with potential for more. So he's he's a guy I would prioritize. I don't think you need to go nuts in your fab bid, but Algier would be a guy I'd want to walk away with this week at the running back spot. Jarek McKinnon makes the list especially for people who play in very deep formats. He caught a touchdown this past week. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco took a big step back in terms of usage. I, I've heard the narrative that it's because it was a very short week is why Sky Moore and Pacheco didn't play. I think that makes a lot of sense, but there's no way for us to kind of confirm that. McKinnon has an every week role in Kansas City. He's He's going to get targets in the passing game. Uh, right now, it's a it's Travis Kelsey, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and then a lot of split usage from the wide receivers. So McKinnon's a guy that should be rostered, especially in these deeper formats, uh, these 20-man leagues. But I think a 15-man roster league, you might want to consider McKinnon as well. If Clyde Edwards-Hilaire misses time, I would expect Pacheco or Jones, Ronald Jones, to see some work. But I think that McKinnon would also see an uptick in targets. He'd be sort of like a Naheem Hines, but attached to a Patrick Mahomes, which would be kind of exciting. Again, he's a veteran. It's a little boring. No one's going to say, wow, you got Jarek McKinnon this week. But he's a guy that makes for nice depth. Now, the the waiver wire edition of the week, if he's available in your league, and this is like make it rain time because this might be the best waiver wire edition of the entire season, is Garrett Wilson. I have a good amount of Garrett Wilson in Dynasty, like a humble brag here. I have 20% Garrett Wilson in FFPC Dynasty League, so I'm super stoked about this. I also have a lot of Elijah Moore. I don't think this uh, Garrett Wilson ascension is going to bury Elijah Moore, but Moore certainly looks like the the number two guy um, for the Jets, not only in Dynasty but also in redraft. Wilson had a massive game. He, he had a, a pretty impressive week one based on based on what we expected for him and what the reports were out of camp. We never really bought into this in the GOAT district. Uh, Andrew Schellenberg, Dan Williamson, JD, and, and myself, we talked up Wilson all summer long, um, but we didn't expect this. He, he goes for two touchdowns. Uh, he had 14 targets. And he caught 102 yards. Uh, he had 102 yards receiving on eight catches. This was a massive like breakout game. And you can say that this is a one-off, but every single time we've seen a young wide receiver make this sort of debut, it's really difficult to put it away. Wilson looks like he could be an absolute superstar in this league. 
if if he's available in your league, shout out to Andrew Schellenberg. Andrew Schellenberg says uh, throw throw a $995 bid. I remember when Justin Jefferson had his breakout two seasons ago in week three in the NFFC. I won uh I won him for like I think it was like six hundred and seventy-five dollars. So like somewhere between six sixty and seven hundred. I won him. And it, it that team was just okay, but he absolutely smashed. Chase Claypool had the massive breakout. He also went for a similar number. I Wilson's available in, in none of my FFPC leagues. Like he's he's not available in any of them. He's not available in any of my NFFC leagues or my FFWC leagues. So like I don't know. Shout out to to Scott Scott Kobe in the chat. Um a very good FFPC player himself. Do you think Garrett Wilson is the same player when they go back to, to Wilson or does he take a step back? I don't know. I think he's here to stay. Again, we have um we have like questions on on Zach Wilson. But I think it's difficult to put uh, Garrett Wilson away. I think you can treat him as a low-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three with upside. But we've already seen him have a 30-point game uh, in only his second game of his career. He, This is a shout-out to John Daigle. I believe it was Daigle that said this stat. Garrett Wilson leads the NFL in end zone targets right now. I mean, he's he's doing it. They're They're already featuring him. And I think there's some some room to grow as well because when he gets to like routes run, he's behind Elijah Moore, um, and he's there's a chance he could flip it. So shout out to Matt Matt Leahy. Elijah Moore has led them in routes run back to back weeks. I think like if you can get Elijah Moore cheaper in Dynasty because of the ascension, I would still get him. We want to bet on talent. Elijah Moore, I don't think any of us would question his talent. We've seen him smash in NFL games. It hasn't happened for the first two weeks of the year, but there's been some like fluky production. Corey Davis had like a 66-yard touchdown uh, in last week. If that would have gone to Elijah Moore, everybody would say, okay, it's great. There's two superstars. And then in week one, Elijah Moore had, I believe, two offensive pass interferences, one that was a touchdown that they called back and one that was like a nonsense one. So – I think if he catches either of those, you know, people are a little happy now. So Elijah Moore, based on his routes run, is not going to disappear. But at the same time, we need to be realistic. And this kid, Garrett Wilson, is 21 years old, and he looks like Odell Beckham out there. So I'm I'm like, I'm fired up for him. Uh, a little less exciting is Ashton Doolin. But I think Ashton Doolin, we need to pay attention to. Paris Campbell looks like he's dust. He looks like he's done. Um, Alec Pierce was out with a concussion. Michael Pittman's out with an injury. Uh, and Doolin stepped up. Doolin had five catches for 79 yards. He led the Colts in both categories. I don't think he's extremely exciting, but I think you can get him for very cheap and kind of see where his role will go. Even when Michael Pittman comes back, I think this team needs a secondary pass catcher. We've seen Kylan Granson flash. Naheem Hines is there, but they're not really using him like they talked him up in the preseason. So Doolin would be a guy to get for cheap. Another another wide receiver who has been kind of a pleasant surprise is Sterling Shepard. He scored a touchdown in week one. Then last week he saw 10 targets and he caught six of them. He didn't really produce much with it, but the Giants passing game is not really producing much at all. But going from a touchdown, following it up with 10 targets, 
I believe he had a 29% target share, something like that, 28 29% target share this past week. Uh, Kadarius Tony, who knows what they're doing with him? He saw an increase in snaps in week one. I am not cutting Kadarius Tony. I'm like, <laughs> I can't do it. I, I still believe in him for better or for worse. I probably should cut him, but I'm not. I want to see where it goes. Uh, I think, you know, I, and I would be hopeful that, that Dable can figure out how to use Kadarius Tony. But at the end of the day, with Wandale Robinson out with an injury, Tony in kind of like, you know, no man's land. Sterling Shepard, I think, has got a role on the on the Giants. And if you play 20-man formats like NFFC, FFPC, FFWC, Shepard should be a guy you go out and get um, if he's available on your waiver wire. It's a little bit boring, but he's got a role and a clear role right now in, on the Giants. Greg Dortch followed up a seven-reception, 63-yard uh, opener with a four-reception, 55-yard, and a touchdown performance last week. He's got a role for as long as Rondell Moore is out. You know, it's it's kind of hard to gauge this Arizona offense. They're not scoring anything in the first half. They they have been putrid in both first halves, and then they make these comebacks. and And they in this well against the Chiefs, it was moot, but at least they put up some fantasy points. And then they make this miraculous comeback against the the Las Vegas Raiders last week, and they end up winning the game. You have Kyler Murray scrambling around, converting two point conversions. Cliff Kingsbury is a fake sharp. We don't believe in him, but Kyler Murray is going to have some big games and we want pass catchers attached to him in that offense. Zach Ertz took a big step forward in week two. If you have Zach Ertz, you got to feel great about it again. But with the Connor injury, I wonder if they're going to target their wide receivers a little more. Dorch is like a desperation type play for you this week, but he's got a role. It kind of makes me a little bit more reassured for Rondell Moore for when he comes back, just based on, how Dorch has done in what I believe will be a similar role. So Dorch is a guy I would grab. I grabbed him last week for super cheap in a couple of leagues. I'm glad I did so. I hope I don't have to start him this week, but you don't know with some of these injuries. Another guy is Noah Brown. Noah Brown had a five-catch, 91-yard performance this past week for Dallas. Dallas was plucky. They, they win the game against Cincinnati. They don't put up huge stat lines, but Dalton Schultz now has an injury. So CeeDee Lamb's going to be targeted like crazy. We have to treat CeeDee Lamb like a low-end wide receiver, too, without Dak. Uh, but a second pass catcher will be potentially in play in very deeper formats. They say Michael Gallup could be back this week. Uh, so this is one you want to monitor for yourself. You know, see what, what people are saying about Michael Gallup, you know, over the next two days before you put a bid in. But Noah Brown has, like, a role. There was no other wide receiver utilized like Brown. It's pretty much... If Schultz is out, it's going to be CeeDee Lamb with Brown, and you got to feel pretty good about your Tony Pollard shares right now. Those two guys would, would see a, a big uptick. Again, if Michael Gallup's back, he could dust Brown, but I think the worst-case scenario is Brown is a, a wide receiver three. I think if I, I'm in an FFWC or an NFFC league, I'm absolutely adding him. If it's an FFPC league, I'm not sure. Um, depending on how your situation is, it's a it's a team assessment type thing. But Brown, you know, he's he he played every 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 down, and he's right there with Ceedee Lamb. It's a very condensed passing tree. If um if Schultz is out, I, I we don't have a real update on Schultz, but who knows if he plays this week? The last one, I don't want to waste your time, but Sammy Watkins last week had three caught three passes for ninety three yards, including a fifty five yarder. 
Uh, in week one, he led all Green Bay Packers wide receivers in snaps. In week two, he trailed only Alan Lazard. Watkins, you know, I really hope you don't need to add him, but he needs to be mentioned because he's a top two wide receiver uh, attached to Aaron Rodgers. We're hoping that Romeo Dubs um, or even Christian Watson gets an expanded role, but that team is good. And, you know, we still somewhat believe in Aaron Rodgers uh, and his ability to um, have a wide receiver ascend. I hope you don't need to add Sammy Watkins, but again, expect him to be out there almost every single snap. Uh, tight end position is actually pretty exciting. Oh, let's take a couple of questions. Scott Cope, would Jordan Mason be a smart pickup? Yes, I think Jordan Mason would be a smart pickup. I think there's some sharp money, some guys that we both would really respect that I saw adding Jordan Mason last week. Uh, there's people that believe in him in these high stakes formats. I think adding him would clearly be the move over Mar Marlon Mack. I wouldn't overspend. But I think you could get him for like 2.5% in some leagues. I don't think people are going to prioritize him. And Scott, oh, wow. Thank you, Scott. So it looks like on Sirius, they're saying that Dalton Schultz is going to be out two to four weeks. So if that's the case, then Noah Brown should be added regardless of Michael Gallup. And let's see where this thing goes. I don't think that there is a tight end I would recommend in Dallas. I would expect that Ferguson the tight end from Wisconsin, their fourth round pick would be a guy you'd want to look at on some of your dynasty leagues. And speaking of dynasty formats, a lot of you play dynasty in FFPC or in other leagues. Some of these tight ends I'm going to mention are not available on like my FFPC main event teams, but some of them are available in NFFC, FFWC, and my FFPC dynasty leagues. We have Logan Thomas, who was tight end four, uh, famously, had a smash season in 2020. He was like the waiver wire tight end of the year that year. Um, he helped people win. I believe he was the tight end for a B-bag Matoba when he won the football guys that year uh, in FFPC. Uh, and Logan Thomas got a massive contract increase after that performance. Uh, and then last year he suffered through injuries, kept him out all summer. I fully expected Thomas to miss the start of the season. We were looking at you know, deep tight end options this summer on the GOAT district. Uh, we had, you know, Andrew Cooper on. We were talking about all these names uh, names of Washington tight ends that we'll probably never mention again. Um, but Thomas came back. He played week one, uh, and his usage increased in week two. Uh, his snaps played went up big time, and he caught five passes for 37 yards and a touchdown. This is a guy who's in a pass-happy offense, He's had previous fantasy success, and, you know, there's a, a scenario where Logan Thomas is a back-end tight end one this year. He's that good. When he's healthy, he's that good, and we've seen it happen before. So Logan Thomas would be a guy I would prioritize. For some of you in home leagues, um, as well as, as NFFC and NFFWC leagues, Evan Engram, uh, he had a nice game this past weekend. He has caught 11 balls through two weeks. Uh, he was number three on the team in routes run this week. I think that the threat of Dan Arnold was kind of overblown. I think that was something that we heard to end the summer, that Dan Arnold would have a bigger role. It's been all Engram. Uh, right now, I think the most reassuring thing about Engram is he's averaging 6.7 yards per reception, which would be the lowest of his career. We know that that number is going to go up. So if you're holding Engram, I think based on his role – 
uh, and his athleticism, I think that a couple big games could be on the horizon. So I'm I'm a little more intrigued uh, by, about Evan Ingram than maybe I was during draft season. Uh, I know Dan Williamson is a big fan of his, and we know how uh, Doug Peterson tight ends have had success in the past. Tyler Conklin has been like a breath of fresh air for the Jets. Uh, he has outstanding usage. He now has 16 targets on the season. Uh, this past weekend, he caught six passes for 40 yards, and he had a very impressive nine targets, and that's to go along with Garrett Wilson's breakout game. So Conklin is a thing in New York. He's available in most of my FFPC dynasty leagues, even some very high stakes ones. So Conklin's a guy that I'm going to be putting bids in for. I think that he's going to stick. And I think he's a, a very intriguing player. He played every single snap for the Jets this week. That'll change when CJ, CJ Uzoma is back. But again, CJ Uzoma is just a jag. And I think Tyler uh, Conklin uh, has a little bit of juice. Um, he's interesting. We see a tight end emerge you know, from like the depths down up to like the top 15 tight ends every single year and Conklin could be it. And then the last guy we'll talk about today is Hayden Hurst. We talked about him last week and I wrote about him in back-to-back waiver wire columns on player profiler. Hurst now has 10 catches on the year. He has 15 targets on the year. He's a thing. He's not a high floor, a high ceiling type player. He's more of a floor play but this is how it went with Dalton Schultz last year. Dalton Schultz was in a good offense, a good passing game, and he kept catching five or six balls. People kept expecting it to end. And then at the end of the year, he's a top five tight end. I'm not saying that's going to happen with Hayden Hurst, but you cannot ignore back-to-back weeks with five catches at the train wreck of the tight end position. So it's uh, I would consider adding all of these tight ends. It's actually a very exciting week to add a tight end in in non-FFPC formats. FFPC they're all they're all rostered. I think that Jawan Johnson has shown enough. He's like top 4 in tight ends and air yards. He might be available in some leagues still. Kylan Granson looks like he's stepping up. Again, we're really scraping the bottom of the barrel. If you're in an FFPC league, I think it's worth looking at Jake Ferguson just based on the fact that the Cowboys like him. He had success in college. He was a fourth-round pick. We've seen some tight ends hit from the fourth round. We know that Dalton Schultz had a massive role in that offense. Again, I can't recommend Jake Ferguson for other formats, but if you play tight end premium, you should pick him up. He is the next man in in Dallas. I hope everybody enjoyed today's show. I appreciate people, a couple people that gave me some feedback last week. We want this to be the best waiver wire show uh, around. I hope it's uh, very helpful to you if you play in deeper formats. And I appreciate all the questions in the shout in the, in the chat today. Uh, shout out to uh, Jack o- o- O'Donnell. I'll answer his question. Let's see. Jack says, Cortland Sutton and Javante Williams for Dalvin Cook half PPR. Yeah, I would make that trade. If you tell me I can get Sutton and Williams for Dalvin Cook right now, I would absolutely do that. Sutton has a an every week wide receiver one role there. He is the wide receiver one in Denver. Javante Williams has shown enough where that that trade would be something I would take the two for the one. Uh, Cook was a little disappointing last night. That offense was shut down. He'll have bigger games ahead. But if you tell me I can get both Broncos for for Dalvin Cook, I'm I'm making that trade. Um, Appreciate Matt Leahy, Scott Cove, Andrew Schellenberg, JD, uh, JG. I I appreciate everybody in the chat. uh, And I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Tune in at 9 o'clock tonight. 
high stakes round table. It's going to be awesome. Michael Edelman, Matt Modica. And then Thursday night, we have another GOAT District tailgate. It'll be more exciting than the Brown Steelers uh, when Pat, Pat Mitz, Fitzmaurice comes into the GOAT District, fits on fantasy. Uh, it's his first time in the GOAT District, I believe. And we're really excited to get a chance to talk to him. Have a great day, everybody. Take care.